0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We have a lot to cover. Buckle in. This one is going to be full of discussion. Uh, we have obviously missed a few days here, but we're going to capture everything that's gone on in the baseball world in the last four or five days because it's been quite a whirlwind. We're talking injuries to key players, retirements, division chases, all of the above. So we'll fill you in. So, starting on the injury front, we have some bad news coming out of Anaheim, which came during the week. You have Shohei Otani. It's been revealed that he has a torn UCL. That's the ulnar collateral ligament. That's the same ligament people tear when they get Tommy John. This is not the first time Otani has had an UCL injury. He has had Tommy John before, but... This was announced the other day. This was announced on Thursday, I believe. He's been diagnosed with a UCL tear Or Wednesday. He's not going to pitch again in 2023. It's unclear if he's going to require surgery. I think they're just saying that because, I mean, what is what is he going to do? Try to rehab through this uh, with the kind of contract that he's about to sign this offseason, which we will talk about, which is likely impacted by this news. Whatever team that signs him is going to want him to pitch full strength again. He's not... He wouldn't be the first pitcher to have Tommy John multiple times in his career. Other pitchers have had that and come back just fine. But Otani started the first game of Wednesday's doubleheader against the Reds. He departed in the second inning with was that's what they initially announced as arm fatigue. And they learned in between games that he had ligament damage. Nonetheless, he still played in the night game as the DH and went more for five at the dish, but the extent of the injury isn't clear. A full tear of the UCL typically is going to require a complete Tommy John repair. Partial tears can sometimes be resolved by either you know an internal brace procedure or non-surgical rehab altogether. We don't know. But you know, we'll find more about this in the in the coming days, weeks, maybe even months. Maybe they might wait until the offseason to really get the full extent of things. But this is a huge development for his free agency, right? Because We were talking about Otani potentially signing the first $500 million contract in baseball history. How much did that injury just cost him? Probably at least $100 million, for sure. It's huge. I mean, he was trending towards shattering the MLB contract record. That could still be the case. But now we're going to have to weigh his arm health in front of everyone. And everyone now knows. But then again, to be fair, any team that would have signed him was going to do a physical anyway and an MRI on his arm anyway. So in a way, it's better that it's found now than during free agency when like, Oh, it's a surprise. This team, you know, like we saw with Carlos Correa red flag. This team saw this and like, you know, only the team that gives him the physical has information to his, his medical records. It's not public information, but right now, yes, we don't have public records of his medical record. We know that he has a torn UCL. At least that's, that's known. If this happened during free agency, it would have just been vague statements like, Oh, Otani has something in his elbow. That X team's not liking. This is what we heard about Carlos Correa last offseason. There wasn't, you know, too much detail until much later. Anyway, now that it's out in the open, people know coming into it. And heck, he could get surgery like right when. This is assuming he decides to get surgery. He can get surgery right when the season ends in, in about five weeks, because obviously the Angels are not going to make the playoffs, and that would knock him out as a pitcher for 2024. But he'd still be able to hit. And we saw Bryce Harper. Hit with a torn UCL and hit just fine. It can be done, and maybe return to the mound in 2025. But yeah, this is uh, it's a big development because I mean we are just seeing Otani reach his heights as a pitcher. It wasn't until 2021 that he was able to pitch at at an ace level caliber. I mean that that's that was his MVP award season, but 2021 was the first time we saw him really like pitch like an ace. And uh, but Otani's been through this before. In 2019, he was just a DH, and we'll see what he can do if he has surgery and has to come back as just a DH in 2024. So this is seismic news at uh, at the top of the free agent pile right now. But it's a disaster for the Angels because you know they went all in at the trade deadline, trying to win, trying to woo over Otani the last two months of the season. You know, ever since they pushed into their top prospects for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, the Halos have gone nine and eighteen. No, well, this at least this was going into Thursday. You know, they just have had a losing record. You know, so they're right as I speak right now. They're eight games under five hundred. You know, and it's not looking good. And to add insult to injury, Mike Trout came back for one game. He came back for one game on Tuesday. And they put him back on the injured list a day later. He started in the center field on Tuesday going one for four. And he sat out both games of Wednesday's doubleheader. And apparently Trout is still feeling discomfort in his hand. He broke his hammock bone earlier in the season. That's where he's feeling discomfort while hitting. So he can't really continue to play through that injury. It's a huge blow. I mean, Trout's 2023 campaign has been derailed completely. He broke that hamate bone during a swing back in early July, I believe, or late June or something like that. And they gave him a four to eight week recovery. He made it back around seven weeks later, but evidently he's not ready yet. He came back a bit too early. With five weeks remaining in the season, it's honestly fair to wonder if Trout's season could be over because the Angels already out of the playoffs. They just lost Otani. Is it really worth bringing Trout back? for him i mean then again I, I never fully understood that school of thought because people say like oh is it worth bringing him back for games No not matter well the thing is trout is on a long-term deal if they're not gonna make the playoffs and he's healthy why wouldn't he come back let's say that there's a week in the season remaining why wouldn't he even come back to play even if it's just one week of games because it's still baseball i assume he wants to play And they, like, they want to sell some tickets and they want to see Trout out there, even if it's just for a week. I never really understood that school of thought. I understand it for a player who is still seeking a contract, but Trout's locked in. He's got his money. He's with the Angels regardless. So what's the harm of bringing him back at any time he's ready? Even if they're out of the playoffs, they don't need to be in contention for him to be playing. I mean, that, what does that make everyone else feel like on the team? Like, oh, you're too, I'm not saying Trout says this, or I'm just saying it would be kind of weird. Now let's say everyone else on the team was playing through the end of the season, and they know Trout's healthy, and that he's not playing. Like, well, why? Why is he taking time off? We're out here every single day. Yes, the playoffs is out of the picture, but he's still part of this team. I I don't know. So that's a that's a that's another question for another day, I guess. But yeah, this is it's a it's a gut punch to the Angels. This season is just. A disaster for them. These aren't the only guys they have on the injured list, of course. Rendon's on the injured list, but who knows if having Rendon back really makes much of a difference. He hasn't been good. And this dude signed a seven-year $245 million deal, I believe. It was it was a huge deal, but he signed with the Angels and he has not lived up to it whatsoever. Speaking of seven years, 245 for former Washington Nationals players on that 2019 World Series team. So both Rendon and Strasburg signed the exact same kind of contract. Rendon signed it with the Nationals. I'm sorry, with the Angels. And Strasburg signed it back with the Nationals. And guess what? Steven Strasburg has announced his retirement. Yes, Steven Strasburg plans to retire. And a news conference is tentatively scheduled for September 9th. He signed this massive contract before 2020, but he's hardly pitched since then due to injuries. Basically, uh, went out on top, really. I mean, 2019, World Series MVP was really good that year. The financial specifics of how his contract is going to be affected by his retirement are not yet known. But the news is, on one hand, it's really not surprising in light of what's transpired in recent seasons. I mean, it's almost been four years since the ink dried on that contract. He's only thrown 31 to third innings and injuries have just completely derailed every attempt to get back on the mound. The most significant being thoracic outlet syndrome. But, uh, you know, if you take a wider view, it's it's a pretty sad and far too early end to a career that had such tremendous highs. I mean, Strasburg is now 35, and he was one of the most highly regarded prospects in baseball history based on his work at San Diego State. And, you know, he lived up to the billing. He was the number one pick in, in, in baseball in 2009. Lived up to the building when he came up to the bigs. And I mean, his, his first, I'll never forget his first major league outing. Super hyped and was against the Pirates. He threw seven innings, allowing two earned runs on four hits and he struck out 14. Now that, that day against the Pirates will never forget that. That was in 2010, I believe, yeah, 2010. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he ended up getting Tommy John surgery, which Had him miss off 2011, and even though he was set to miss 2011, that was you know Bryce Harper was being rushed, not rushed, (laughs) was being developed in the minor leagues because Harper was first overall in 2010, and then Harper came up, so they had Harper, Strasburg, then they would go ahead and and they draft Rendon, they'd get Trey Turner via trade from the Padres, so all these guys you know were with the Nats through their years long rebuild. And then they built this into a period of prolonged success. They went out and they got Juan Soto. It all came together in 2019 after like a decade, decades since Strasburg had been drafted. And he was the, he was a big World Series MVP. They uh, signed him to a deal. Of course, you know, they got Max Scherzer along the way. Signed him to a nice seven-year $245 million deal, which honestly, not even in hindsight, at the time he signed it, everyone knew it was a bad decision. But the Nats kind of just did it because, you know, Face of the franchise, just won a World Series, won a World Series MVP. We'll do right by him. And it backfired tremendously. Backfired tremendously. And uh now he's going to retire. So I think you can file Steven Strasburg's career in the brief but brilliant category. Didn't play a very long time, but when he did play, he was outstanding. So shout out to Steven Strasburg for a well-decorated career for the time he was out there. It was Really good great to watch him play. We got more news ladies and gentlemen. We got plenty more news. I would say those was a big injury and no, retirement tidbits. Let's head out to Boston, Massachusetts where Mookie Betts made his return to Fenway Park for the first time in 4 years since being traded to the LA Dodgers. He took an at-bat at Fenway Park. Fenway faithful was happy to see Mookie Gave him a nice standing ovation, of course. He acknowledged the fans, tipped his cap, made heart signs. He was very happy to be back. Shout out to Mookie Betts back in Boston. I think Red Sox fans miss this guy a lot. I mean, Mookie, if you look at now, look up right now, he is the frontrunner for a National League MVP. I mean, he snuck up on everyone. Everyone's talking about Acuna, Freeman. All of a sudden, you look at the numbers and... There you have Mookie Betts. I believe he's leading the National League in wins above replacement. His numbers have been steady. Now he, he just might mess around to win it. So, yeah, I mean, obviously seeing Mookie back at Fenway in a different uniform is bitter. Not even sweet, just bitter, honestly, for Red Sox fans. Wondering how this happened. This is a guy who accomplished a bunch of feats in Boston. World well, Series championship of 2018. An MVP with the Red Sox. Four consecutive gold gloves. Four trips to the All-Star Game. Three silver slugger awards. And gone for what reason? Because ownership didn't want to pay up? Sad. Sad, sad, sad. That's what happens. And he goes off to the Dodgers, wins a World Series right away. Now he might be on his way to another MVP. So, you're you're talking about a Hall of Fame player who, who really might go into Hall of Fame as an L.A. Dodger at this point. If he continues to play like this with... LA so it's a yeah it's it's a bitter moment for Red Sox fans Mookie spoke very fondly about the Red Sox Um, yeah he's happy where he's at right now Um, but yeah Red Sox fans are gonna have to live with that it's a it's a bitter moment to see a homegrown player return and and tear it up for another team but yeah at the end of the day the Dodgers did win this game they beat the Red Sox. And the Red Sox are still trying to fight for a playoff spot. You know, that AL wild card has been quite a chase. But Boston, they're hanging on. They're hanging on. I mean, if, if you were to look at the wild card, there's three and a half games out from that picture right now. So it's still possible, but they, they need to take care of business. They're playing a tough team this weekend in the AL, LA Dodgers, and they're going to have to work cut off for them. Speaking of playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, the Mariners have moved into a first-place tie in the AOS. The Mariners are in first place. In their words, they're going for that division. I mean, full house in Seattle, packed crowd. Seattle has not been in this position so late in the season in exactly 20 years. 2003 was the first time they were in first place this late in the season. They had 45,000 fans packing T-Mobile Park. And they got the 27th out they hold a share of first place in the AL West. Let that sink in. Thanks to losses from the Astros in Detroit and the Rangers in Minnesota, the Mariners climb into a tie with the Rangers. And now they're half a game above the Astros. They have first place in the AL West. Buckle up ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a good five weeks. You know, I talked about the American League running through Houston, I still think it does. Houston hasn't been in first place in a long time. It's been Texas all this and then all of a sudden now Seattle's caught up. Of course, Houston is just just half a game out, but buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Now we have a three team race in the American League West. So Manders ended up getting a seven five victory on Friday night. But yeah, this is, this is going to be a good one. Also, I want to give a shout out to Julio Rodriguez. You know, this is their superstar, the guy who obviously is the face of the franchise. If you go to Seattle, he's on, he's on billboards. He's his face is everywhere and. He's turned his season around, and the past month or so, he's just been on fire. And that has coincided with the Mariners winning a lot of games. I don't think that's a coincidence whatsoever. I think it's a coincidence. I mean, you just understand he's the heartbeat of this team. He's going to be hitting near the top of the lineup, and he's going to be playing lockdown defense center field. But he's come alive as of late. His numbers looking really good. He's going to finish with a strong campaign. We talked about a sophomore slump, but he's bounced back in a big way. So Julio Rodriguez deserves a lot of props for the turnaround we're seeing with Seattle. Of course, he's not the only one, but as the face of the franchise, a young player, you know you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due because to to he who much is given, much is expected. And of course, he signed that big contract last season, so we're seeing him return the favor right now. Mariners are trying to go back to October. We'll see if they do. Speaking of AL West, the Astros lost to the Tigers, thanks to a walk-off home run by Parker Meadows. Walk-off three-run shot. Parker Meadows, the younger brother of Austin Meadows, just playing his fourth game in his Major League career. And he goes up there and he hits a three-run homer for his first Major League home run and a walk-off shot to send the Detroit Tigers home over what was a very strong start for From Valdez of the Houston Astros, he threw seven no-hit innings. Then gave it up to the pen, and and of course, the rest was history, thanks to Parker Meadows. But the Tigers get a magical win out there at Comerica Comerica Park in Detroit. Astros are going to have to buckle up. Now, every game matters at this point. When it's a three-team race, you can't really afford to slip too far because other teams are winning. The Rangers are struggling right now, but Seattle doesn't seem to be letting off the gas. So if you are Houston, you know you got to buckle down and figure out what you're going to do to— to write the shit, so that's what we're seeing around the league, folks. A lot, a lot has been going on. You know, I would say that was the most magical moment for Friday, though that walk-off bomb from Parker Meadows. And uh, yeah, I mean Detroit. Detroit fans obviously know a little bit about the Meadows family because you know Austin Meadows himself. You know, this is a major leaguer. You know, he's a major leaguer who's who's been up. Who's been up with Detroit? Of course, he just hasn't really played much this year. He only has twenty one at bats. He's been out. But these are two brothers on the exact same team. So hopefully, Austin Meadows can be back and healthy. And then you have him and his brother in the same lineup. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. But he's on the sixty day injured list, and uh, you know he's had he's had some uh, he's had some time off time, time away. I, I believe it's it's not even just due to um, it's, not, it's not really a physical thing. He's not doing any baseball activities. I believe he's going through some. Anxiety. Yeah, he's receiving treatment for anxiety, so there's no timetable for his return. That was the last update as of three weeks ago. But hopefully, he can get back and join his brother in that lineup for nice, a nice family moment there. But that's where we stand with things right now, folks. A big catch-up episode. I think we covered all the big stuff right there. But we're back at it, back on track with the daily grind. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.